Hello, my name is Pastor Michael E. Tom. I'm the senior pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. We're at 311 North Dunbar, 55 miles south of Oklahoma City. We want to welcome you to today's program. Today you're going to be listening to a word either from myself, my lovely wife Kimberly Eton, or associate minister at Bethlehem, or teacher. But before we get into word today, we just want to welcome those who are listening throughout our MySpace page at www.myspace.com backslash Pastor Michael Eton, that's E-A-T-O-N. Maybe listening through our church website at www.myspace.com. Hear God's Word at Bethlehem.com or a podcast of the same name, Hear God's Word at Bethlehem or through our Women of the Divine Faith or other ministries all on the internet. Now, let's get into the Word. that you called us to be right here right now in Jesus name forgive us for all of our sins wash us and cleanse us that we might be in right relationship with you that we might be in right fellowship with you that we may hear what thus says the Lord we come father just wanting to thank you in advance for about what you're about to say and what you're about to do in Jesus' name, amen, and praise the Lord, amen, and praise the Lord. Give God a hand and clap of praise, amen, and praise the Lord. Bethlehem, amen, and that is our mission goal for this year. And really all the years of life of this church is really is to make him known. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about us. But it's all about him. Amen. Amen. On the screen. It's always a picture of the vision that God has called us to do and to build. And we always want to cast this vision before you uh, because we've come to believe that God wants us to do this in our day and time. And last week, uh, Dr. Whitlow said, give him a call when you want to do the groundbreaking ceremony. And guess what, church? I plan to give him a call. Amen. Do you plan to give him a call? Amen and amen. But that's the outside and the inside. And, and we're in the last sermon of the series that we've entitled this month, Make Him Known Through the Sanctuary. Make Him Known Through the Sanctuary. And all throughout this month, we've been standing on Exodus chapter 36, verse 3. Which says, they received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after 
morning. Morning after morning. They wanted to build the sanctuary and it was evident in their giving. Amen. Amen. And once again, we want to thank those who participated in the offerings last week and let you know that uh, we still can take offerings morning after morning. Amen. Amen. This morning, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37, and a message entitled, Sell Something to Give. Sell Something to Give. Again, it's Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37, and the NIV, would you please stand in reverence to the word of God. Stand symbolically saying that I will stand on the word of God. Say to your neighbor, neighbor or neighbor, I'm going to stand on this word in Jesus name. Let's read this out loud on three. One, two, three. Amen. You may be seated in the household of the Lord and a message entitled sell something to give, sell something to give. We're going to learn, teach, preach on around three points. We're going to talk about the one possession. We're going to talk about the one power and we're going to talk about the one purpose, the one possession, the one power and the one purpose. And we want Christians to know this morning is that Christians should give to the purpose of God. Christians should give to the purpose of God. The book of Acts is, I hate to say it, because really all the Bible is my favorite, but one of my favorite books in the Bible. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible because it gives us the genesis of God's church and the church that we know of today. But it also shows God's power at work in the life of the church or believers. And it shows the original intent for the church, which in our modern day term, was to make him known. And they made him known in a powerful way because they were filled with the power of the Spirit of God and, and they began to make him known. And revival would take place and a church would be born. A church would be born. What's so unique about the beginning of the church is, particularly in this text, is that 
There was a oneness that they had. A unity, if you would. Uh, They were so together on the inside of the church that they could make him known on the outside of the church. Kind of what we touched on last week. uh, uh, And the theme from last week uh, essentially is, is for us to come together in unity, harmony, and love and to simply make him known. And if you want to see really how the power of God is working and moving in the life of the church, uh, the bottom line is always in the finances. In the finances. The bottom line is in how they treat their possessions. You know, I've been pretty hard on those name it and claim it prosperity gospel kinds of preachers. But uh, there was some stuff going on in this text and how they dealt with prosperity. The way they dealt with prosperity was is that if I have it, you have it. Hello, somebody. And that's the way that it was. I remember I was watching a movie. I think it's something about the New York or something that happened with a couple that was in New York and they went and they lived in a small town and they... And they didn't have a car, and and the person they was talking to said, "Oh, just go ahead and take the truck, and uh, uh, just remember to bring it back." And they left, and they said, "Where the keys? Well, the keys are in the truck." And this small town, they had the same kind of concept and idea about possessions. If if I have it, you have it. Hello, somebody. And that's how they were in this text. If if I'm blessed. That means we're all blessed. Hello, somebody. Say to your neighbor, neighbor or neighbor. If I'm blessed, you're blessed. In Jesus' name. Now, don't lie in the church. Don't lie in the church now. Don't lie in the church. If I'm blessed, you're blessed. And the text goes on to say how they were dealing with their possessions. And it has to do with their unity. It has to do with the harmony. It has to do with their love. And also in this text, we deal with uh, the concept of whom much is given, much is required. Hello, somebody. In other words, oh, if God made you rich, he didn't make you rich just for yourself. Hello, somebody. If he made you rich, he made you to be rich in good deeds, rich in good works. He, if he made you rich, he's really trying to get you to a point where you can really be rich. Hello, somebody, which is to give. Hello, somebody. You don't believe me. The text says all the believers and 32 were of one in heart and mind. And it says what? No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own. Hello, somebody. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. They shared everything they had. Hello, somebody. Do you share everything that you have? I'm going to make a confession here and I don't want it to be a a, a bad reflection for our marriage. I don't want it to cause uh, drama within my marriage when I get home. But uh, and and it has to do and I love Sister Eton now. It has to do with Sister Eton. Okay. Sister Eton. 
It's one of the most loving and giving persons you ever want to know. Except when it comes to her food. <laughs> now, now I'm, I'm the cleanup man in the house. You know, if there's something that we get out to get, you know, to eat, you know, I'm supposed to be able to clean it up, you know. In other words, I'm supposed to be able to eat my part and her part too. <laughs> but, but, but she'll save her part for herself. And she'll get mad at me because I want to eat her part. Go figure. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> but, 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 but she sanctified that, that, that whatever it is, that chicken wings, and she gets, she gonna give you your half, okay? And then she gonna have her half, and if you eat your half, guess what? That's it. You ate your half. <laughs> Sound like some more folk like that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to get her to see and trying to grow up in the lawn and let her know that her wings should be my wings. <laughs> Hello? Her lamb. Oh, Brother Jackson showed us a great lamb place. So about four or five years ago, we go there every time. Her lamb should be my lamb. Hello, somebody. <laughs> but it don't work like that. In this text, they didn't own nothing. Their, their possessions were not their own, but they shared everything that they had. And while they were sharing that unity was going place, the disciples were preaching with great power and continued to testify about the resurrection of Jesus. And it goes on to say, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy person among them. Wow. Wow. And it goes on to say this, which blows my mind. For from time to time, get this, for from time to time, those who own land or houses sold them and did what? Brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. Hello, somebody. It says from time to time. Those who had much, much was required from, from time to time, uh, which means it didn't just happen one time. We're going to look at the instance uh, of Joseph or Barnabas, uh, the son of encouragement, his instance, and mention him by name, but he was not the only one. For it says, for from time to time, those who own land or houses sold them uh, and brought the money. From the sails and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to everyone who had need. Hello, somebody. From, from, from time to time, those who had a lot of money, from time to time, those who had wealth, from time to time, uh, oh, when there was a need that aroused, uh, those who had, uh, oh, they had to give more. Hello, somebody. I couldn't help but to think that in the life of our church at this time, if we want to build a building, oh, I believe it's one of those times to times uh, where we're going to accomplish this. Uh, oh, we've got, uh, oh, some of us who have wealth, uh, some of us who have money, some of us, uh, and if it's not you, 
then don't worry. Hello, somebody. <laughs> but from time to time, those who own land, those who own houses, sold them and brought them and laid them at the disciples' feet. That's how you know when God is really moving and working in the life of the church. You just look at the offerings. Hello, somebody. That's how we know where our heart is unto the Lord. We just look at the offerings. That's how, that's how we know that, 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 that we want to build this building. We've got to what? As Brother Bill has been sharing with us, we've got to what? Look at the offerings. Hello, somebody. Oh, and if God wants us to do it, as I've said all throughout this month, we have everything that we need to build that building. Oh, that's the good news. The bad news is, is what? It's in your bank account. Hello, somebody. Or it may not be in your bank account. It may be your land. Hello, somebody. It may be in your houses. Hello, somebody. It may be in your car. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. But this happened from time to time and we look in the text, uh, oh, as we share a message called uh, uh, sell something to give us. We look in the text, uh, we look at the instance of this man by the name of Barnabas, uh, the son of encouragement. He was one of those. uh, It wasn't just him, but it was more. It it wasn't just one person others had had given, but the Bible mentioned him by name uh, and it shares in this text uh, that in the church uh, at that day and time, uh, there was one possession. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, or neighbor, one possession. Verse 32 said, all the believers who were one in heart and mind and no one claimed that any of their possessions were there. Are you claiming your possessions? Hello, somebody. That's why God can't bless most of us is because when we when when he blesses us, oh, we don't want to give it back. Hello, somebody. We we think we have more than enough to live on. And but yet we, we continue to collect for ourselves, continue to collect. And God said, I can't bless you because all you'll do with the money I bless you with is to build a kingdom unto yourself. But there's a few, a rare few who I can bless. And I mentioned and every time I talk about uh, money and giving, I talk about that man by the name of J.C. Pennis who was a Christian. Oh, uh, and he believed in tithing and he was tied to God and, and, and he started to tithe and, and, and God continued to bless him more and more and more and, and guess what he did? He loosed the tithe. Yeah. Hello, somebody. In other words, uh, at the end of it all, uh, he started giving away 90% of his possessions uh, and living off uh, of 10% of his possessions. Hello, somebody. His possessions uh, didn't have him. uh, Oh, but he had his possessions uh, to give to the Lord. uh, In Jesus' name, uh, say to your neighbor, 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 one possession. And God owns it all. I do not own anything. Hello, somebody. Oh, and if you want to be rich in God's economy, oh, you've got to figure that out, that you don't own anything. Oh, you don't own your cars. You don't own your houses. You don't own that timeshare. You don't own You don't own those stocks and bonds. All they are are a stewardship from God. Hello, somebody. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, or neighbor. I'm a steward steward. of God. And all God's stewards know that they do not own anything. Hello, somebody. 
Oh, you'll learn the hard way that you don't own anything. One of the ways that you'll learn uh, the hard way is uh, the Bible talks about you collecting up all this money and giving it to an inheritance and your kids wasting it because they didn't do nothing to earn it. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Oh, you cut it all up. Oh, and don't live a will, leave a will, and your family begins to fight over the possessions. And guess what? The state gets most of it. Hello, somebody. Oh, and it can't be used. Oh, we have all this air property in West Town, and it can't be used because it's all tied up. Hello, somebody. When are you going to realize, oh, that you don't own anything? When are you going to understand that it's not worth giving your life, your heart and soul for the pursuit, uh, for the pursuit of money and possessions? Money and possessions cannot give you purpose. Money and possession can't give you life. Money and possessions can't heal oh, a sick body or a broke mind. Money and possessions are just meant to be used of and by the Lord. Oh, if you don't know, oh, if you don't know, uh, why don't you ask that rich man uh, that has the best health care in the nation or in the world, but yet uh, is still dying of cancer and the doctors can't do nothing for. Ask that man uh, about possession. Oh, possessions. Hello, somebody. Belong to the Lord. Hello, somebody. Say to your neighbor, neighbor or neighbor, your possessions belong to the Lord. Oh, you're going to lose it one day. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. For the pursuit of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And that's why in our culture, in our society, we got so many folk doing all this evil to get money or to get possessions. But that is not and does not give you purpose. Oh, the man that's selling drugs on the street. Oh, think he's doing good and think he has a lot of money. But there's only one problem with that is that he don't have any peace. He can't sleep at night. He can't go anywhere without looking over his shoulder. Oh, and he does everything he does uh, to get possessions. uh, And ultimately, possessions, uh, oh, will kill you. Hello, somebody. And other folk will try to jack you to get what you got wrong. Hello, somebody. Oh, say to your neighbor, neighbor. Oh, neighbor, I don't own nothing. And in this church, in this church, uh, they had one possession in this church, in this church. uh, Oh, and this is a spirit-filled church. Hello, somebody. When they realize that they don't own possessions, uh, hello, somebody. And therefore, possessions don't own uh, them. Hello. One in possession. No one claimed any of their possession were they own. But they shared everything uh, they had. Hello, somebody. Sounds like what Jeremiah 32, 9 says, and I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me for their own good and the good of their children after them. They have a singleness of heart uh, uh, displays itself in our possessions. Hello, somebody. I need to put somebody to the test this morning. Uh, I need a race car to go drive uh, tonight. Would anybody give me their keys to go drive on the racetrack tonight? 
<laughs> say you don't need you don't need you don't need well that's that's the wrong kind of giving that's not the kind of giving they saw unpurposeful giving that's not what the kind of giving they were talking about hello somebody but in this text in this church nobody owned anything but everybody owned everything wow that's deep that's deep some of you get that on the way home hello somebody but they had one possession hello somebody because they had one power hello somebody and it says in verse 33 with great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of Jesus Christ with great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of Jesus Christ with great power the apostles continued to testify oh to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them oh in other words they kept the main thing the main thing and they made him known. That's all they wanted to say. That's all they wanted to do was to make him known. Jesus Christ. And if you want to know whether you're in a powerful church, oh, you look at the one possessions. Oh, and also you got to look at the one power, the one goal, the one mission is to make him known. And when you learn to make him known, guess what? God can bless this church when we learn to keep the main thing, the main thing, Holding God and bless his church. Bethlehem! 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 Oh, they moved with great power. And that's all they knew was Jesus Christ crucified. His resurrection. That's all they knew. Oh, one power. And if we as a church want to have that one power, oh, we've got to keep the main thing, the main thing. We've got to continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and let folk know of him and his power and his resurrection. Oh, somebody ought to say amen. Up in here, up in here. Say it again. Amen. Up in here, up in here. You see, the devil don't mind anything else going on in your church. Oh, the one thing he wants to shut down is that mission. And that mission is that people will get saved. That mission is the same mission today that it will be 2,000 years ago. At least the Lord, uh, 2,000 years from now. At least the Lord tarries. And that's, oh, to talk about Jesus. Oh, to tell folk about Jesus. Oh, to become Jesus freaks. That's all we know is Jesus. Jesus Christ. In the morning, Jesus. In the afternoon, Jesus. At nighttime, Jesus. In the middle of the night, Jesus. Oh, in his resurrection power, Jesus. And interceding for our ten most wanted, Jesus. And interceding for our neighbors that don't know him, Jesus. And interceding with our bosses and work and our co-workers. Jesus is the power and if we as a church want to move on, if we as a church want to be a church that can last for 110 years from now, then we've got to know Christ and him crucified and him alone but not just crucified dead, buried and raised again on the third day that's power. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, hard neighbor that's power in Jesus name and none and, and, and the devil don't mind hold oh, the church making members hello somebody 
We learned about false teaching in Sunday school this morning. Some of the greatest churches that you think of right now are churches with a lot of members, but no disciples. A church with a lot of folk that come and give and pay their penance for one hour. Oh, and then they go and look at the game to pay their penance for one hour and head to the golf course, pay their penance for one hour and don't think about God until the next Sunday in that one hour. Oh, that's not the God that I serve. God is not concerned about the membership. God is concerned about discipleship. And if you want to know whether you've got a church full of disciples, the best indicator of that is Sunday school. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Because that's where we go to learn about the things of God. The best indicator of that is on Wednesday night at Bible study. Oh, that's where the learner, that's where the true Christians show up. Oh, to get equipped with the things of God. Oh, that's where the true Christians are molded and made into the image of Jesus Christ. And the devil fears that. Hello, somebody. He don't mind us being in the service and the sanctuary being full on Sunday. He don't mind that. And you watching that watch and then, okay, preacher, it's almost one o'clock time to go. Hello, somebody. Oh, the true disciples, those who truly give their life to Jesus Christ are learners and they always want to learn more, more about God on a daily basis. They get up on Monday morning and they spend time in the Word with God. They get up on Tuesday morning and they spend time in the Word of God. Oh, they may listen to some good preaching on the radio. Oh, but they're going to look and see Oh, what are they saying about the Word of God? You see, the devil don't mind religious broadcasting. Hello, somebody. But he fears those who truly preach and teach the Word of God. Hello, somebody. That's even how you can determine who's a, a, a true man of God. It's not only they preach the Word, but they teach the Word, but they live the Word. Hello, somebody. But they had one great power is that they continue to testify to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They continue to testify because they were part of the true church. Because the true church is filled with the Spirit of God. For Acts chapter 1 to 8 says, But you will receive power from the Holy Spirit. He will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You want to know whether you are a spirit filled? Oh, the best way to tell whether you're spirit feel as if you talk about Jesus. Hello somebody we live in a controversial society and speaking in tongues. Don't you know that when the, whole, the first church got filled with the spirit of God they did speak in tongues but those tongues were languages and people from all over the world could understand what God was doing and saying from all over the world and that's true power true Holy Spirit power that's being uh, oh sanctified and filled with the spirit filled with the Holy Ghost uh, and all of that that is is that you testify about Jesus hello somebody 
So if you want to know that, if you are a sanctified, anointed and appointed in all these words that we use, oh, when we talk about spirit, oh, really it has to do with your tongue and what you say with your tongue. Do you gossip? Hello, somebody. More than you tell people about Jesus. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Oh, you're talking about other stuff. Now, I like football, but, oh, if you compare my language, oh, and how many times a week I mention Texas, the Longhorns, the horns, okay, <laughs> or Jesus. Hello, somebody. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> I, 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 uh, uh, the horns couldn't even compare with Jesus. That's right. Hello, somebody. We learned that in Sunday school about true disciples. You see, you turn your back oh, on your mama and your daddy for a true disciple. Oh, if your mama and daddy are not saying that you don't love mama and daddy, not saying that you don't love your sisters and your brothers, not saying that you don't love oh, your mates and your grandbabies, but comparatively, hello somebody. Oh, and if God tells you to do something, who, who are you going to listen to? Hello somebody. He said, God, it cannot compare with you. Because you talk more about Jesus than anything. You're a Holy Spirit preacher. Hello, somebody. A Holy Spirit believer. And if we want to be everything that God wants us to be, we have to have one possession. And we have to have that one power, that one mission, that one goal, which is to Bethlehem! Bethlehem! needs to become a lifestyle not just a motto repeated hello somebody hello somebody they came together at least I teach us too long not only did they have one possession not only did they have one power but they had one purpose look at here they sold this man Barnabas the son of encouragement sold a field he owned Hello, somebody. Anybody in here own a field? Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Sold a field and brought the money. Hello, somebody. I didn't say he put it in his Swiss account to save it for later. Hello, somebody. Didn't say he put it in the stock market. Hello, somebody. Didn't, didn't say that he had more money to put in his 401k. Didn't say any of that. It said that he did something. What did he do? Wow. He put it at the apostles' feet. Wow. Wow. Have you, any of you ever been around any charismatic churches? And I've had this happen to me one, one, one a few times before. Was that while I'm preaching, I've had somebody walk up here and throw some money. Now, I didn't take the money for myself. <laughs> but they, they throwed it at my feet. Now, you know, I'm, let me say it. I'm not, I'm not for or against this, this, okay? But it surely seems kind of familiar within this text. He put it at the apostles' feet. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. 
Oh, you thought that was funny? <laughs> she enjoying herself today. She <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's all I can say. It's wild. Because sometimes stuff will happen. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, and the reason I don't like people throwing money at my feet, to tell you the truth, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like that. But what I do like is people giving to the kingdom of God. Hello, somebody. If you don't have to throw it at my feet, put it in the plate. That's what we do. You know, that's what we do. It's decent in order. Offering is then. Okay. And, and a lot of times people do that for a show. Okay. And I, I, I don't like I don't like that. I don't like that because, you know, you may be throwing a hundred dollars at my feet, but you got a million in your bank account. So which means that you ain't tied on. Hello, somebody. Hello, some folk do stuff for a show. But in this text, it was evident because it's mentioned that Barnabas was not doing it for a show. Hello. He did it out of the sincerity of his heart and he was commended. So we're not trying to get you to sell some land. Oh, to let the folk in Bethlehem know that you're giving to the building fund. That's not what I'm trying to get at. Because if you do it like that, you may be guilty of what happens in Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira. Hello, somebody. Because they, they did a counterfeit offering. Hello, somebody. And they saw Barnabas do what he did. They saw he was commended. And they decided to sell some land. Oh, but he didn't, he didn't bring it all. Hello, somebody. He, he made a commitment to the Lord that he was going to sell this land. And he was going to give it. But he didn't give it all. And, and he held it back. And guess what? He was. Uh, eventually, he lost his life. Trying to put on a show. Hello, somebody. Trying to be seen by man. He 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 lost his life. And and, and the, the, the question is, will a man rob God? Yes, they did. They robbed God. They said they were going to sell that land and give it all to the, the uh, to the house of God and put it at the disciples' feet. Oh, but they robbed, they held back. And not only did he die, but his wife died as a result, too. Trying to put on a show. We're not trying to put on a show here. I'm, uh, you know, you know. Some people say I'm charismatic and I do a lot of stuff when I talk and I walk and all that. I'm not here trying to put on a show. I'm preaching the word of God and I try to make it as plainly as possible so that the people of God can understand it. Again, we're learners. Right. Hello, some. That's what a disciple is. Right. He's a learner. Yes. A learner. Learn. Hello, somebody. And he learns about God. And not only does he learn, but he applies what he learns or what she learns. And in the text, we see somebody who gave out of the sincerity of their heart, who had more than enough. Hello, somebody. And realized that he didn't only had one possession and, and his one possession was God and saw the ministry, the fruit of the ministry of the apostles and felt like it needed to be supported and brought all his possessions for one purpose. And that's what the furtherment the kingdom of God. Hello, somebody. And that's what the disciples' feet represent. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. They they gave it one purpose. Because Acts chapter 2, verse 44 says, And all the believers were together and had everything in common. Hello, somebody. We want to know whether God is working and moving in the life of our church. 
We've got to come together. Hello, somebody. We've got to come together in unity and harmony and in love. We've got to love one another. How can you say that you love God whom you haven't seen? Hello, somebody. When you when you can't love your brother who you see every day, when you can't oh love your brother who comes to church and you cut to the other side of the church because you see him or her. Hello, somebody. If we want to be about the kingdom of God, if we want to do what God calls us to do within this point and this day and time, we have to come together. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, poor neighbor. It's time to come together. The believers were together and they had everything in common. I'm going to say this and then we're going to uh, leave. We're going to have our, our uh, meeting, uh, building fund, uh, building committee meeting. Um, it's, it's hard to be in agreement with somebody that you don't have nothing in common with. As a matter of fact, they tell you if you want to make sure that Single folk, you want to make sure that you have a, a, a happy marriage. You, you, you make sure that you, you have a lot of things in common. Okay. They say some of the best marriages works out are those that they, they came from the same town, went to the same school. Hello, somebody. And they have all that in common. Because commonality is like money in the bank when it comes to marriage. But what happens normally is the opposite of that is that we tend to have a tendency to quote unquote fall in love with somebody that's the extreme opposite of who we are. Hello somebody. And when you have somebody that's the extreme opposite, it's very difficult to be in a relationship uh, with them. Not because anybody's uh, evil or bad, it's because they're opposites. Hello somebody. One want to save and the other want to spend. Hello, somebody. Uh, one likes to vacation in the island and the other likes uh, to vacation in Alaska. You know, just, just extreme opposites. It's, it's, it's hard for them as a couple to, to come together. That's why God tells the, 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 the Christian singles to do not be unequally yoked together with the unbeliever. And it posed the question, what commonality does light have with darkness? Light and darkness cannot exist in the same place. Hello, somebody. That's just something on the side because there's somebody here that fell in love, but that person don't love the Lord. That person's not a disciple. Oh, they may be going to church, but they don't learn nothing from church. Hello, somebody, which is evident in their character and their actions. They're at the church on Sunday morning, but that Saturday night they're in the club. Hello, dropping it like it's hot. Hello, somebody. I'm trying to pick it back up again, reverse it and all of that. Hello, somebody. <laughs> and come to the household of the Lord. You see, there's something wrong with that picture. Oh, that's that's not the behavior. Oh, as a matter of fact, the Bible talks against carousing. That's what that's called, carousing. Partying, carousing, and drunkardness. And normally, the first thing you want to do when you hit a club, what you want to do? Get a drink. Yeah. The girls get a drink. The guys buy their drink. Hello, somebody. And the guys, the cheap guys drink before they come. Hello. You see, I used to got new. I didn't know, but hello, somebody. <laughs> but that's carousing. What, what does a Christian have in common with that? Hello, somebody. And that's what the devil tries to do in the church house. He tries to make us have nothing in common. Hello, somebody. But it's interesting to see that in this church, they had rich folk. 
Hello, somebody. And they had poor folk. Woo! Wait a minute. In fact, they had all kinds of folk in there. Hello, somebody. All kinds of cultures. Hello, somebody. We get stuck on this cultural thing and, and think that it's a black church. There's no such thing as a black church in the Bible anyway. Hello, somebody. He said, you're going to make nations. And those nations, in the beginning of the church, it was nation. It was different people groups. They heard their own language. Oh, it was a beautiful rainbow of believers. Hello, somebody. And they had everything in common. Look at that. You see, when you're fear spirit filled, hello, that puts everything in common. And if you're in a church and the church and the people in the church are not spirit filled, that's why you have all kinds of disharmony and all kinds of splits and all kinds of cliques because they are in their flesh supposed to be the church or the house of the Lord. No, when you're filled with the spirit of God, you'll have all things in common. Hello, somebody. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. oh neighbor, it's time for us to come together in Jesus' name and have all things in common. Oh, and that all things has to do with the purpose of God and the purpose of God is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ gave it all. And when he gave it all, guess what? That means that I can give it all. Hello, somebody. That I don't own nothing. Hello, somebody. He gave it all to. He gave it all. Matter of fact, I'm gonna say this and, and, and go to my seat. In that Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus struggled. He had done some great works. He had done some great things. He had done all kinds of healing. Hello, somebody. All kinds of miracles. He had made a name for himself, if you would. But he still hadn't given it all. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he had to struggle and pray. He tried to get his friends to pray with him or his disciples to pray with him, but they, they couldn't pray an hour. And he had to struggle with giving it all, all on that night. And he struggled as he struggled in that Garden of Gethsemane as he prayed to sweat Drops of blood came uh, rushing down because uh, God didn't want him to give half of what he wanted to give. He wanted him to give it all. And he had to say these immortal words that could help us uh, to get everything in common in this church so we can accomplish God's purpose. Uh, and he said uh, these immortal words uh, that every Bethlehem member needs to uh, know, needs to understand. He said, nevertheless, uh, not my will, but thy will be done. Hello, somebody. Not my way of a highway, just God's way. And that settles it. And he prayed that prayer. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And he got up. Deacons, will you come? All eyes closed, heads bowed, saints are praying. He got up from the Garden of Gethsemane there. They accused him of crimes that he didn't commit. Oh, and they eventually said, crucify him. And I'm so glad that he, he, he didn't want to give half of an offering. I, I'm so glad he didn't want to go halfway with God. I, I'm so glad that he didn't own anything. Oh, because if he owned even the possession of his own body, he wouldn't have died. He gave it all to 
to Jesus Christ. And when he gave it all, oh, they mocked him. They scorned him. They beat him. Oh, oh, the, oh and they, they, they mocked his, his body with the beatings and the scorning. Put a crown of thorn on his head. Put a cross on his back. I'm so glad that he was willing to give it all. I'm so glad that he didn't hold his, his, his final offering back as he took that cross all through the streets of Jerusalem struggling. Oh, went to that hill called Golgotha. They nailed him to that cross. I'm so glad that he didn't own anything because if he owned something, he wouldn't have been able to die. They raised him up on that cross between two thieves as if to say that he was a thief. But I'm so glad that he was willing to give it all. I'm so glad that he owned nothing. I'm so glad. Oh, and they pierced him in his sight even as they were mocking him and put a sign up the king of the Jews. I'm so glad that he didn't own anything, that God owned everything, his his possession, even his person, even his body, which was symbolic of his sacrifice. Oh, I'm so glad that even when he could have turned called 10,000 angels. I'm so glad that he gave up his ghosts. Oh, and I'm so glad that he died for my sins. I'm so glad that he died for your sins. But I'm still glad more. Oh, that on the third day, the Bible says that he got up with all power in his hands. For he raised early that Sunday morning. I said he raised early that Sunday morning with all power in his hands and that power is at work today in this church because that power is echoing that Jesus Christ was the son of God and that he died for your sins and my sins and he was buried but he raised again on the third day and he got up with all power in his hands and if you are here today you can experience that power that power is to give your life to Jesus Christ is there one today that needs to know him is there one today I ask you is there one today in Jesus name give God a hand clap of praise up in here up in here hello again this is Pastor Michael Eaton I've been your host for today's program before we sign off, we just want to make sure that you have a personal relationship with God. You know, many people are waiting to have a personal relationship with God. They're waiting because they're trying to clean up their life or get right with God to stop smoking or cursing before they come to the house of the Lord. And you know what I tell them? There's nothing that you can do or stop doing that would make you right for a relationship with God thing that you must do, however, is take God's provision. You see, in order to get right with God, you have to meet him on his terms, and his terms is Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the Bible also said that God demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. God's only son, God's love, Christ died for us. 
So in order to get right with God, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you can do that today by praying this simple prayer. Dear God, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, and I believe in my heart that Jesus died for my sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day. Dear God, come into my life, come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Amen. And praise the Lord. If you pray that prayer for the first time, then the angels in heaven are rejoicing. For now you are a child of the living King. Because you're a child of the living King, you have to find God's family. And that's what the church is. The church is God's family here on earth. Love, believe by faith that you've been born to the household of faith here at Bethlehem. Again, we're at 311 North Dunbar in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, 55 miles south of Oklahoma City. We'd love to see you in our services. And if you're listening throughout the world, listening throughout the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, or even China, we're going to pray that God will deliver you to a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-living church where you can grow up in the things of God. We want to thank you once again for listening. And again, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to find a church home. A baby born needs to be a baby born in the family because babies can't make it on their own. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are a spiritual baby. Thank you must find a church home. Again, we want to thank you for joining us today. And I'm going to give us a final benediction. A benediction is a final blessing. Father God, we thank you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name that you would bless everyone at the sound of my voice, especially the new children of God. Deliver them safely to a church home and put your hedge of protection around us all. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again, either here in Cyber Church or in the service. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello again. This and is Pastor praise Mike Lee Tom, the senior Lord. pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. We want to take this opportunity to see if God used this message in your heart, if if your life has changed, if God really spoke to you and touched your heart and changed the moment in your life. We just want to thank God for how he's working in your life, but we also want to take this opportunity to see if we can get you to sow a seed in the life of our church. Right now we're entering into a building program, and we've calling this program Vision to Reality. And this is phase one of our building program, and I've told many of our members, you know, I may not serve at a mega church, but I do serve a mega God. Not living in a mega city. This is Paul's Valley. But we serve a mega God because we're heard all over the United States and different countries and kingdoms, and we're believing that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills where you are. And if you take a moment and go to our church website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. And you can hear it. Uh, tap the link on the MySpace page. Or uh, just go to the front page of our website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. And scroll to the bottom there. You'll see Vision to Reality. And that's where you can give 
into the building. And we, we want to do it kind of just like Obama did it. He raised his funds. It was just people, ordinary, everyday people, $25 that helped him to raise millions of dollars in a economy that people were saying that is depressed. I think that's God. I believe God can do it for us. And we want you to give. Once again now, if God has touched and moved and worked in your life as a result of you listening to this ministry, we want you to give to vision to reality and help us to make our building here in Paul's Valley, state of the arts build a reality because you've taken time to give 25, 50, 10, 100, and you may be able to do more. Whatever God is laying on your heart, we need you so we can build this vision to a reality. May God bless you and keep you is my prayer. Again, go to the website, www.heargodsword.com.